everybody. Welcome to the Four Pillars Fitness Podcast. I'm Coach Phil Houston. You know me. And I'm here with my good friend, Dom Frazier, today. And I'm going to introduce him in a minute. Let him do his thing. Uh, quick housekeeping, very, very quickly here, I promise. Uh, number one, um, if you're listening to me on iTunes, please drop me a five-star rating so that other people on iTunes can find the podcast, maybe get some benefit from it. Number two, EFPS, Elite Fitness and Performance Summit, coming up in September in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm going to be there. I would love, love, love to have you come heckle me. Um, so you go to my, my website, coachfieldhouston.com, look for my smiling mug on the left-hand side, click that link, and you get yourself registered. Number three, Activate, coming up at the end of October in the desert in Phoenix, Arizona. If you have never been to Activate, and then Dom has, if you've never been to Activate, you need to figure out why you've never been there because it is a great event. It's a one-of-a-kind event. There is no other fitness event like it. So that's it for my housekeeping. We're going to roll right into a little chat with Dom Frazier. Dom, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Yourself? I am doing fantastic, man. This is my, uh, my second recording of the day. So if I'm a little giddy, that's why. Um, but um, I was looking forward to this with you because you and I have talked about podcasting together for a while. Um, and I'm pretty psyched about this. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to open up to you, man. Tell us, you know, Dom, tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Tell us what you're about, man. All right. Uh, my name is Dominic Frazier. I'm the owner of Frazier Fitness Human Performance and Nutrition Coaching. Um, I do a little bit of everything, actually. Um, I have an online company where I do um, remote coaching and program design for general population as well as athletes, um, and the same for um, nutrition and sports performance for general population and athletes, helping um, educate and get a better understanding of a habit-based approach on how to eat for your personality, your type of mindset, your wants, goals, and needs. Um, as well as I have a small um, practice where I train a couple people in person um, right now, I'm currently out of my garage due to my, uh, my situation from about two months ago. Um, relocated to Michigan from South Florida, going on two years now. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much who I am. I dabble um, in both of what you would say sports performance and what I call adult human performance. I uh, have had the luxury of training some of the, I guess what you would say, NFL's elite athletes down to your mom and pop that are super busy and looking to drop body fat, look better naked, and have better sex. That's really, uh, really what I do. I like that straightforward approach, man. Look better naked, have better sex. In the end, that's what it's all about, right? That, that's what everybody wants. That's exactly. Everybody. Have better people, sex, have more sex. People want to beat around the bush when it comes to that, but truthfully, that's what we're all looking for, no matter who we are or what, we, what we're doing. At the end of the day, we're all trying to um, unlock our potential to impress the opposite sex, mm. no matter what, because that's what we're made to do. We're made to, you know, recreate. So why not do it while looking your best and being in the best shape possible? I think I just came up with a new program. I think you did, man. I think, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's, uh, there's always a line at some point during every conversation that I have with somebody where I say to myself, that's the name of the episode. Um, I'm not quite sure if have better, look better naked and have better sex is the name of the episode, but it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> and unlock the potential to impress the opposite sex. I like that too. That's actually a pretty good one. Um, I'm, I am kind of afraid that if I use that as the name of the episode, we'll, uh, 
scare some people off, but that's okay. Um, all good, man. So now you are married to an awesome woman and I know you have some awesome kids. Uh, tell us. Yes. About uh, I got a beautiful wife. Um, stole her straight out of Kingston, Jamaica. Not really. Um, Tony Ann. She's actually a, a behavioral specialist uh, for kids with autism. Um, and I have two beautiful little munchkins. Um, I got Zane, who is four, about to be five next month. And my little monster, Zayden, who's uh, eight months. That's my little buddy right there. Um, and those are my two little, two little monsters. Yo, it's so crazy that Zayden's babysitter sent us a picture of him yesterday. And that dude legit has muscles already in his arms. <laughs> He's got the separation and everything. So man, that's some good genetics right there. That's what that is. <laughs> but yeah, those are those are my three those are my three heartbeats right there. So so uh yeah, I, dude, that's that's a that's a great family. You have a, and you have an awesome wife and she is um I, I already know that she's supportive of you. I you know we've talked about it and I, and I know that she's she's been you know right there for you. Um, you guys made a massive life change when you came from Florida to Michigan. Um, tell my list because there are people out there that are afraid to make those kinds of, of drastic transitions because they're afraid, they're afraid of change, right? Let's be honest. They're afraid of change. But right. you, guys, you guys took on a massive undertaking moving from a complete, almost from a cultural change, right? I mean, you know, South Florida, Michigan, not exactly the same, same culture, right? right? So you had everything going, right? Um, tell, tell my listeners a little bit about the, um, the move that you made, how you guys came to the decision to do it, and what it meant for you guys kind of emotionally, spiritually, like what really changed for you guys? What went on in your lives? Uh, well, it's crazy because uh, I think Tony was at work one day and she was just looking up some stuff and she saw like a, a job that like piqued her interest and she just... Um, I think she just added like her LinkedIn account to him or she sent her resume or something and didn't really expect to hear anything back. I don't even think she even told me about it right away. Um, but it really happened because they reached out to her. Um, they, they found her. Um, and then they wanted her to come to their headquarters, which was here in, uh, in uh, Dearborn or Novi, Michigan. So she came, checked it out, mainly to see if it was uh, a real thing. Um, and then pretty much they, uh, told her the numbers and everything and the potential of growth and it all, it, it made sense. So next thing I knew, um, she actually moved here a couple months before me and the boys and was living with one of my college roommates and his wife, um, in Ann Arbor. Um, and then she was like, yo, this is, let's rock it. Um, for me, it was a bit of a shock because, um, I was, uh, you know, picking up, you know, Florida, South Florida life is a struggle, no matter what people want to tell you. Um, it's very expensive to live there. Um, and, you know, for me, you know, it was, it was a blessing and a curse. I got to learn a lot about myself. Uh, but at the time, like the whole, you know, private sector pro athlete thing was, was picking up. Um, for many that don't know, I was uh, Michael Vick's private trainer for two and a half years. Um, and he had actually approached me about opening a facility at the time. We just didn't know where and stuff like that. Um, so I was really trying to stay and push that. And who doesn't like to wake up and train their clients outside every day when, when you can instead of the snow? 
Um, but we made the decision um, to move. Uh, so luckily I had a good amount of online clients um, that I was able to still train and make a little bit of a, you know, revenue from there. Hardest part for me moving back to the Midwest because I'm originally from Wisconsin. Um, I could not find a job right away to save my life. Um, and I applied for things that weren't fitness, Target, Lowe's, Kroger, all of that. Um, I actually got a part-time gig with Jim Calbasso at Total Sports Performance. Um, I was doing some adult uh, training for a couple months there. Um, but the only thing that gave me an offer was, uh, was Lifetime Fitness. Now, I'm not against corporate fitness or I guess what you'd say big box corporation gems. I call, I call, um, them, I call them McFitness Health Clubs. Yeah, yeah. I'm not against them. Don't get me wrong, because I got my start down in South Florida at 24 Hour Fitness where I was a master trainer. What I'm against, and I'm only going to say this one time, I'm, I'm against the, the BS that they put trainers through um, and showing people there that they're really just, they're, they're numbers. They're not really clients. Right. Um, and that's not what I was about, but I had to make a living. So off to off the lifetime I went. Um, so I did that on and off because I set myself up to be part-time. I don't know if that's still allowed. Um, but I did that for like a year and a half, a year maybe, while I did uh, some part-time gigs, uh, working at like some transformation facilities. Um, when combine time came around, I uh, cut my schedule in half to work with um, Darius Jackson of the Dallas Cowboys and help out at Total Sports and some other things. Um, yeah, so that's really how it started. Um, got, my, got everything going, and then I uh, departed from Lifetime um, just because I had out, I guess we'll say I had outgrown um, the place. Not to say I was the greatest trainer there because I, I definitely wasn't, um, but that's not where my heart really was or where, where, where God was telling me to go. Um, as well as that wasn't, it just didn't feel right. You can, you know, when it's your time to, to move on from something and the longer you stay in something that's not for you, um, it's just going to get ugly no matter how you, how you try to prevent that. Um, but what I will definitely say for younger trainers, go to a, that where you can make where you truthfully can make your mistakes on somebody else's dollar because at the end of the day you're, you're there to learn you know hard part for me was I came to Michigan already with my own brand a website things like that you know things that you know big corporations like that do frown upon you know right. Right. but um, Lifetime is a great place and I would tell any any young trainer to, to go there and jump in full throttle. But when you're ready to be your, your own brand, you got to train out of your garage, you know, got to do what you got to do. Right. I mean, uh, we had a little, we had a little audio blink there while you were just for a couple seconds while you're talking. So young coaches, if you're listening, what Dom said, and, and I think this is really, really sharp, right? This is something that you guys should, should really understand. A, a McFitness health club, a big box health club, 
is a great place for a young trainer to get started, right? And as you said, Dom, make your mistakes on someone else's dime. It sounds kind of harsh taken out of context, but the reality of it is they're okay with that, right? right. They're okay with you making mistakes, you know, while, while you're working for them because you're learning. And as long as you support the organization while you're there, and, I, and that's the other thing. I worked for, I worked for a company that was um, not, they're not that big, but they're, uh, here, they're here in New Jersey. They're called Jersey Strong now. They used to be called Workout World. Um, and, and, I, and I rail on them a lot. I mean, they, they were whatever they are, but the ra- reality of it is I learned an awful lot from them. Um, I learned an awful lot about systems and being consistent and, you know, showing up and being present and all those kinds of things. And, and, and I wouldn't have learned that if I wasn't in a, in a structure that allowed me to screw up, that allowed me to, to stub my toe. Right. So it's a good, good place to do it. And, and look, if you could, if you come out of school or you get certified and you get the opportunity to work with, with, well, with one of us, for example, or, you know, with the Jim Calbasso or, with, you know, down at, at, at XBE in South Florida, right? They're yeah. one of the big ones, right? Someone like the Exos, guys like that. Go do it. I mean, my God, go do it. But there are only so many jobs in those amazing facilities. Right. So you got to work, man. You got to hone your craft, right? And, and you got to do it where you can do it. And I love, I love what you said, man. I think it makes, it makes perfect sense. Knowing if, if I had to go through what you guys or do what you guys did, I don't know that I could go back to work in, in a health club. I'm not sure that my head would explode, um, but I'm also not sure that I'm, that I'm right for that environment anymore. Because right. like you, I have my own brand. I have my own way of doing things. I have my own thought process. I have my own philosophy, my own, all that stuff, right? So once you get to that point, I think you either, you have to do what you're doing. You got to be able to craft your own stuff, right? And, and do what you can do. Um, and what you have, what you have to do, or you got to open up your own place, or you got to find a partner or someone who's like you that you guys can work with, that you can work with. And I think that that's, um, it's probably a good lesson, but I'm glad you said that, Dom, because that, that's, that's an important thing that often gets trashed and left, you know, by the wayside. Um, but it's an opportunity for young co- coaches to go home their craft. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Um, so, so tell me a little bit now. I know, you know, everybody wants to hear about the, the NFL guys. So let's get this out of the way early. Uh, you and I know the realities. <laughs> they're, they're human beings like you and me, uh, but just really fast. That's all. Um, so you had, how many years you've been working with, with NFL guys? Um, do you do anything besides combine prep? I know you worked with Mike Vick for two and a half years. What kind of experience have you had working with professional athletes? What's, uh, what's the best story you've got? What's the worst story you've got? All right. So truthfully, my first professional athlete that I worked with was out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Shay McNamara. Shout out to Shay. Um, he is actually the first American to play Australian rules football. Cool. Um, over, over there, of course. He was actually a D1 basketball player um, and got recruited for that. So went from Shay McNamara, um, can't even, I think that was at Elite Sports Clubs, um, as well as. I was the strength and conditioning coach um, for a season with the uh, Milwaukee Wave um, arena soccer team. So that's really where it started. Um, Then from there, um, in 2010, when I moved to South Florida, was actually to work at Florida International as a strength coach um, intern. Um, They say intern, but I actually had a lot more roles than an intern um, and did a lot of different things there. Um, so I was there for two, two years. Um, so I guess you could say the first real true athletes 
NFL that I worked with were uh, Jonathan Cyprian um, of the Tennessee Titans and T.Y. Hilton of the Indianapolis Colts because um, I worked with them when they were in college. Um, and during that time in South Florida, I also worked with Pete Bomarito out of Bomarito's Performance Systems. Um, if you look at private sector strength and conditioning facilities, uh, him and Exos normally go one and two during combine season. Um, so I worked there on and off for about uh, four and a half to five years. I interned there first for a whole year, non-paid, paid through knowledge, and then was invited back, um, what was that, maybe two and a half years later. Um, so I've done everything from adult performance, where I was a director there for a little bit, um, youth performance, NFL draft prep and veterans. Um, so that's really where I got my start. Not under my own brand, right? When I worked at when I worked at Bomberitos, you got to put your own brand to the side. Um, but there, I worked with uh, first person I put hands on was Antonio Brown. Not physically, but manually. Um, Antonio Brown. I've worked with uh, Kevin Smith, who played for the Lions. Um, Wes Welker. Um, Man, I could, I could go on. Uh, Wes Welker, I've trained Wes Welker's wife. Um, currently up to date, John Franklin of the uh, Chicago Bears, who uh, if you guys watched Last Chance U, he was on there, played at Florida State, um, EMCCU, Auburn, and then FAU. Um, Darius Jackson out of Eastern Michigan, I did his draft prep um, 20, 2015, who's now with Dallas, went to Cleveland, now he's back with Dallas. Dwayne Washington, running back for Detroit Lions. Um, Laquan Treadwell, um, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Major League Baseball guys, J.D. Martinez, Yasiel Puig. Um, a lot of guys I can't even pronounce their names, so I'm not even going <laughs> to mess that up. Uh, but um, I have been in the presence and worked with, you know, Manny Ramirez, guys like that. Not to say I was working with them one-on-one, -on -one, but like in a group setting. So you're still in, in charge of those guys. But um, Emmanuel Ogba, Lenny Jones of the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns, um, Aaron Ripkowski of the Packers. I mean, I could go on and on. I think, um, we, got, I think we got that, man. And that's, listen, that, that's, that's uh, and, I, and I knew this about you. And, and right. You, and for you guys that are listening, Dom, if you get in a room with Dom and have a conversation with him about training, you are not going to get hit over the head with his list of, of clients, which is why I wanted to kind of pull it out of him a little bit because it is really, really impressive. Um, and, you know, as much as we like to talk about how training professional athletes doesn't necessarily pay your mortgage, um, one thing it does do is it gives you a lot of experience with very driven, very focused people. And right. as a coach, when you get that opportunity, man, you got to not only train them, but you got to be open to learn from them because you're going to pick things up from them about coaching and about training and about really being around guys like that, that, that can change the game for you. So I do yep. want to drag that out of you. I appreciate you sharing that, sharing that list for sure. Um, so tell me about your, tell me about your best early training experience. Um, in regards to just anything, anything. Yeah. Your best early career training experience. Um, Man, that'd probably be back when I was working. I don't even know if they exist anymore. There might be like a couple. That'd have to be back when I was working uh, at Fitness Together. Um, back, in, back in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes. So for those who don't know, 
Boutique gyms and studios are not new. They actually existed back in 2004, 2005. They just all of a sudden popped up again. Um, so this was back in Fitness Together days, uh, Shackley, that, um, that old school product, um, where I used to do adventure boot camps for women. Um, now it's a franchise. So I, yeah, yeah, man. Where, like, you know, you had to rent the park space. Um, I would honestly say those were, like, my early days where, like, you know, um, people brought a mat. Uh, hold on, one moment, one moment, one moment. What's up, buddy? Go. Um, fitness Together Adventure Boot Camps was just all women. Um, and it was body weight and bands. Um, and maybe indoors sometimes, like some sliders, maybe some light dumbbells and a PVC pipe. But that was my first true time of learning how to be creative on the spot, right? And if you messed up or didn't know something, how to like really make it fly with like groups of like 30, 50 women. Um, and it was an incredible time because, I mean, these were like, I guess what you would say, like, you know, the higher in market women, they were like the wives of doctors and therapists and surgeons. But like, that was my best time because that was when I really realized like, yo, this is not about working out. Because these women would come, they'd work out and talk to you about everything. And they always wanted like a male perspective. And I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm 24 years old. Like, I don't, I don't know about marriage and 401ks and, you know, coffees and, you know, all this type of stuff. But um, that was probably like my first like real experience of just opening up and being more than just their trainer. Because, you know, they would invite me to, you know, let's go to Starbucks and have coffee. I'm like, I don't drink coffee, but I'll go. And, you know, just learning um, what I would say more, more so how mindset works. Because when I graduated college, I mean, I was a college football player. We're lifting weights. This is our workout. But, no, all I had was body weight and bands. And these ladies had the most amazing time, you know, doing things like this. So I would say that was probably like my first entry because my boss was very, very, she was very, very well known around her area. So it was like, if you messed up, word got there quick, hmm. you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I can see that, man. I can, I can see you doing that too, man. I can see, I can see you doing that for sure. Being in the middle of that group, you know, just to kind of bounce things, bouncing off you, man. I, yeah, I can see that for sure. So what do you think was your, uh, the worst early, early career, biggest mistake? Um, early career, biggest mistake. I would have to say understanding and knowing business and systems, like how to manage your money, stuff like that, how to track clients, um, and realizing that this is a, a business. And it could actually be very lucrative. Like, I can't tell you how much money I probably made from, like, right out of college to my first five years. I trained so many people, 
sold so many like packages to myself and other things, but like you don't learn business systems. You know, you only learn so much in college, especially, you know, for kinesiology and, and stuff like that. So biggest mistakes was not knowing about like, you know, fitness, you know, revolution or NPE or, you know, things like that. Everything I learned, I learned by myself, right? So a lot of people, they'll say, oh, I'm self-made. I did it on my own. I can honestly tell you that I didn't really have mentors, like full-fledged or understand what a mentor was until I moved to South Florida in 2010. Mind you, I started training in college 2002. So I would say the biggest mistake, not having a mentor, A, that's in the fitness field, B, that knows the business, as well as having a mentor that's not in the fitness field, that sees things from a different eye. Hmm. Okay. Right? So men mentors to give you both perspectives, fitness and non-fitness. Yes, because what, you, what the method you use is fitness right but that's not really what you're doing you're how do i word this right you're changing somebody's life through movement it's not always about oh this person wants to lose weight or gain weight this is way more psychology than than anything and if you don't understand mindsets um like you know the mindset performance institute by brian grasso life coaching um, which is a segment out of OPEX by James Fitzgerald, or even the book, The Five Love Languages, things like that, like you're not going to understand people. And when you're young, you really do just think, oh, man, I'm just doing, I'm just going to train this person. Got this awesome BOSU workout with burpees that I'm going to do, um, things like that. Or you might come to the gym like, hey, Sally, um, we got legs today. I got this awesome leg workout that I just did earlier, I'm going to put you through it now. A, you should never be putting your clients through workouts that you do. Um, understand that what I mean is, yes, you should test everything that you are going to have your clients do and be able to do them to an extent. Um, and B, you need to realize that when Sally comes, you might tell her you got leg day, uh, her leg may hurt. She might have just found out her dog died. Her husband has cancer. She has cancer. Um, her husband's cheating on her, stuff like that. So that workout that you had planned, that goes out the window. Hmm. How do you adapt to that? That's, like, that's important right there, man. You just hit on something really, really important, right? The, and this is the Four Pillar pod, Fitness Podcast, and you know, you know my approach. You, you know, I believe in all four, man. You, you can't – that emotional pillar, man, that, that, will, that will, come at, it will come up from behind you and run you over like a dump truck. And I, when I say you, I mean you as a coach. Okay. Yes. If you don't address those things, if you if you don't recognize, learn to recognize the body language that signals the emotional issues or the spiritual issues, man. Someone's absolutely void spiritually. You know, you and and I and I'll, when I come on on your podcast, I'll share my story a little more. But you know, my you know my wife, Mary Jo. We we went through a series of things, man, for like ten years. It felt like every month, practically. You know, we were getting you know a pile of garbage thrown on our front lawn. You know, not literally, figuratively. Like we were just getting kicked in the teeth. And after a while, man, you're just like, you're empty inside. 
Yeah. You, know, you, you just don't have it. You don't, you have nothing left. And, and, and your emotions just never get out of the, of the, of the dumper. Right. Well, you're not ready. To, you're not ready to go train hard, man. I didn't, there was no way I kept trying to and trying to, and I would get hurt. I get banged up. I wouldn't recover. And I couldn't understand it. I couldn't figure it out. Right. So you just, you hit on something really, really important right there. You could train Sally on leg day in spite of her emotional trauma, her emotional issues. But what might happen to her as a result might not be the outcome that either one of you wanted or both of you want. Right. That makes that, that I think, I think that kind of tails right into what you were saying, man. Yeah, totally. And people really, people really don't realize, like, let's say you got five clients in a row, which is normal. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, that's five different personalities that you have to deal with. Right. And that's why I tell people like, you have to have a different approach for every person. So if you don't understand psychology, that probably should be a book that's in your arsenal. <laughs> Maybe go back to college for that one. You know what I mean? Do something. Do something for sure. Hey, I, I thought about it. I thought about it. Yeah, what were we going to go back for? Psychology? I'm still looking. Um, I'm looking now for a master's. Um, Masters of Applied Science and Nutrition. Um, That'd be cool. Or I'm looking, I'm looking for um, human performance and psychology, or business. I don't know. Hmm. It's uh, that's three areas, you know, fairly far afield, really, when you think about it. But, but they all fall into this area of a fitness professional. They absolutely do. They abs- they absolutely do, Dom. And I, I completely agree with you. So um, talk to me a little bit about the, the, how you transitioned from being the coach of, of you know, these high-end athletes, right? So actually, let me ask it this way. Here's the, probably a better way to do it. What are the mindset connections for you between your high-end athletes and your transformation clients? Mindset, speaking of mindset, what do they have in common? What do you, what do you try to tap into with each of them? Um, I mean, pretty much what you, what you just said. I mean, you're trying to tap into mindset. Um, they might all have different um, avenues that they're trying to reach, but they're really all the same. I would say training a professional athlete is easier yet harder. Easier because they're going to do what you tell them to do. Harder because they're smarter than you think. A lot of these guys have degrees in exercise science and kinesiology, things like that. So. They catch you slip and they're going to ask questions. And their biggest thing is they don't want to get injured. So right. they're very, very critical of what you do and, and why you do it. You know, so that's why if you look out there now, there's a lot of movement prep type coaches and things like that. They do a lot of, you know, what I do and things. Um, and with that, going into the transformation people, um, that process really depends because most people don't understand that a transformation, like let's say they're doing a a body transformation, right? Anybody can do something for six weeks, but if it's not done the right way, you're just going to learn how to, you know, diet for six weeks. You're not going to learn what to do week seven, eight, you know? Um, The biggest accomplishment that I've had is had clients that have trained and done transformations for a year or longer. And those are the ones that have the best mindsets as well as the best physiques. Because what, what people don't understand 
you know, from what they see on Instagram and stuff is those model bodies that you see, that's probably not that person 24 seven, 365, you know? So the, the, the hard part with, with transformations is showing people that the pictures you bring me telling me that's how you want to look. Majority of those people don't look like that. A lot of it's Photoshop. Um, now I do give credit for the ones that do. Um, but nobody looks like that to the extreme year round, you know? So the, what I would say the, the pinnacle of it is mindset for both. It's just that adult is going to take longer because or that, that regular person, if that's what you want to call them, is going to take longer because their job is not performance based from the right. physical standpoint. A pro athlete is, right? And a pro athlete's um, livelihood and time frame is actually shorter than, let's say, a lawyer or a doctor's. You know, most NFL guys, they got a good five, six years. 13 if you're doing everything you need to be doing, right? But it's that adult that has to get up every day, get the kids ready for school, go to work, go to meetings, then come home, then go work out, things like that. That's the bigger challenge because, you know, you could text an adult every day and get responses. A pro athlete, you might text them, not get a text back for a month because they're entrenched in what they got to do, you know. But at the end of the day, it both comes down to mindset. But if you were to put an adult and a pro athlete in a room, and let's say that adult didn't know if that other person was a pro athlete and they had conversations, they would see that they're very, very much alike. You know, like, for instance, like when I was training, when I was training Michael Vick, you know, for the longest, people were like, oh, what do you do? Like, what's it like? I'm like, yo, he's, he's a regular dude. Dude called me on Sunday and said, hey, let's run the hill, you know, earlier today, and then let's go play golf, or let's just play video games, stuff, stuff like that. Like, they don't always want to focus on their sport. They are regular people too, you know? So I agree. I agree totally. Their mindset, I, I would say a general population, they're thinking, okay, I got to do this workout to lose weight, things like that, and they might dwell on it longer, right? athletes are able to turn it on and turn it off if that makes sense no it does make sense it does make sense and it's part of, it's part of the mo of playing sports at that level right you have you have plays you have drives you have quarters you have periods whatever you're not always going 100 percent. you know but but when you have to you're able to turn it on right, and right. i think that's you know that's a, it, it's a difficult thing um the stress is different right most of our doctors, lawyers, and Indian chiefs, so to speak, have more chronic stress, but our athletes get to experience true fight or flight stress, right? Yes. It happens like that, and then it's done, and then they reset. And then it happens again, and they're done, and it resets. And it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of interesting, and, and I always, you know, stress is one of my own kind of research points. You don't see the same kind of changes in the hormonal systems of athletes that you see in the hormonal systems of everyday um, 
non-professional athletes, so, so the everyday athletes, so to speak, right? They're going to work and they've got, it, they've got work stress and financial stress and all this other stuff. The athlete has that too, but because they're so conditioned to getting stressed, responding to the stress, and then having their system reset, that it doesn't hit them the same way. Right. It's just, it's, it's interesting. And, I, and, it, and the mindset side of it, I'm glad you brought that up because the mindset side, when your mindset is not expecting chronic stress, like the average person's life tends to get, you can respond more fully and, and appropriately to it when it happens. You know, so you're, you know, you're that, that NFL player and your, your money guy calls you up and says, hey, we lost 10 grand in the stock market today. You don't start having a cascade of thoughts that are, that are negative that lead to, you know, chronic stress and, and serotonin drops and all that other stuff, right? You just say, oh, okay, well, what do we do about it? Right. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're so, you go to try to solve it. And, and that's, you answer, you know, you answer the play. Whatever the play is, you answer it. As adults in the work world, we tend to answer the play and then wait for the next one. And exactly. Heat up and waiting for it. So I think that's, it's interesting that you said that. And I, and I appreciate that. That was uh, really helpful. Um, so we've just got, a, just got a handful of minutes left here. I don't want to make these, these episodes super long because people don't listen to them, as we know. Uh, <laughs> but um, give, so if you, could, um, if you could give only one piece of advice to, and, and not talking about the professional athlete guys. So your transformation clients, your average everyday folks, if you as a, as a, a health and fitness and performance coach could only give a single piece of advice to someone looking to make a transformation in their body and in their, their health and fitness, what would, you, what would it be? Single piece of advice. Just one. Uh, I can't say hire a professional. Um, Why not? <laughs> because <laughs> that answers all the other ones <laughs> true but i would also say because there's some there's some shady professionals out there making a making a bad name for this industry um but i would have to say my one piece of advice would have to be um one piece of advice would have to be Trust the process, the first one, because it's going to take time. There is no quick fix. There is no short road to a lifelong transformation. That is, uh, does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does, man. That is, and that is, I actually wrote that down, trust the process. Um, I think, I think we may have just named this episode very possible. Um, I love that because you're right. There is no short road to a long life of health and wellness and fitness, but it isn't right. You want to, if you want a long life of being fit and healthy, you, the short road will get you there. Right. <laughs> right. No magic bullets in life, man. It just, there just, there just are not any magic bullets that that's awesome. So, um, Last question, not so serious. So this is a this is a happy hour episode. All right, all my all my interviews are going to be happy hour episodes. So here's your happy hour bonus round question, Dom, and I will give you thirty seconds to answer it as soon as I finish asking. All right. And actually, I'm, I'm going to give you two questions. I'm going to give you one, then I'll give you a second one. First bonus question is, who is your favorite superhero and why? Thirty seconds. <laughs> oh God, favorite superhero. Uh, I'm gonna go with Black Panther, baby. Okay, why? Um, 
because of his, his style, the way that he is saving the world these days. Um, and, I mean, he's just, he's just dope. He's cool. No you doubt know? about it, man. No, no doubt about I it. Can't, I can't really answer that because I honestly start to think about all the other ones. Like, the people don't know about Meteor Man, Handyman, you know? <laughs> all of them. All of them. The, one, the ones from, uh, what was the movie where the guy had the bowling ball with the skull inside of it? Do you remember that one? That was a goofy, goopy-ass superhero movie, but yeah. Was that Spawn? No, it was, uh, it was a group of them. They were, they were ridiculous. Ben Stiller was in it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's irrelevant. Black, dude, Black Panther is so cool. I mean, think how cool would it be to have an entire nation that nobody can see? That you can hide from the world? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Truthfully, you really got to ask yourself, do we already really have that? We might. We don't, we don't know. We live in the United States of America. It's true, man. You're right. We just because just we don't see it doesn't mean it isn't there, right? Because we Matrix, we, baby. You look by look beneath the surface, you know it's there. All right. So second question. Again, you have 30 seconds answer. The single food with which Dom Frazier cannot live without which Dom Frazier Dom Frazier cannot live. Single food without which you cannot live. Pizza. Why? I don't, I don't know, bro. I just love all type of pizzas. It's hard to argue with, man. Pizza is that universal food, right? I mean, it's awesome. Plus, it's a complete food. Yes. It's complete food. So, I mean, it makes sense. It technically is a salad. <laughs> all right. I, this one I got to hear. Come on, man. Why is pizza a salad, Dom? You got, you got, you got your um, – there's vegetables. The tomato sauce is really just ground-up vegetables. You got your cheese. You got, you got your meats if you want them on there. And technically, the, the bread from the pizza, if you're using dough, those are croutons. They're just spread out. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So pizza is basically a salad on, on flat croutons. Yes. Or let's say you use a cauliflower crust. If you mesh up that cauliflower, put all that ingredients in a bowl, you got a salad. That's true, man. Good point. Good point. So I love that, man. You, you, you just made some pizza logic history right there. I, I'm, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Hey. This episode is going to go down in history. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Dom Frazier, um, is there anything you've got going on right now? Any, any programs you want to plug? Anything you have happening you want everybody to know about? I've um, got my online coaching um, that's going on, and you can always just reach out to me through uh, Facebook or Instagram about that. Um, starts off at, you know, 149 a month, but that's customized and personalized. And we got Fueled by Frazier, which is my nutrition company, um, just helping people live a healthier, healthier life. Um, what else I got going on? I got small group training. And if you're following me, um, I just started documenting my journey um, from my return of Achilles um, tear slash rupture surgery. So you guys can check into YouTube and Facebook uh, for that. I'll be starting rehab probably in about uh, three weeks or so. So that'll be fun for people to see the other side of a fitness professional. Yes, we do get injured. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. We're not, hey, listen, we're not superheroes, brother. You know what I mean? People think we are. But well, you should put vibranium in my in my Achilles. <laughs> have them do that now, man. Just you know, when you do the surgery, just have them that do all that. So anyway, um, all right. So, um, D O M I N I C 
F-R-A-Z-I-E-R on Facebook. Correct. Uh, on Instagram is Frazier Fitness. Uh, Human Performance. Human Performance. Um, look up Dom. Connect with him. If you are a coach, connect with him. Get, some, get a little bit of uh, passive mentoring, if you will. Follow him. Listen to him. The guy's one of the smartest dudes I know. Um, and if you are a fitness fanat- uh, enthusiast or someone looking to change your body um, or pro athlete looking to get better, um, definitely reach out to Dom and get connected. Uh, Dom, thanks, brother. I, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. I really do, man. And this has been Coach Phil Houston for the Four Pillars Fitness Podcast. Remember, uh, EFPS in September, activate in October, and keep the faith and keep after it. And we are out. Thank you.